Welcome everybody into another pod. Uh, we're recapping KU, doing some women's basketball volleyball. John, yeah, we did it. We did it. We, did we it. talked about it at the beginning of the year. We said, we if not it. now, when we knew we had the talent, this was the team that could take us to a Big Twelve championship, and we are oh so close now. We've punched our ticket to Arlington. We basically mm-hmm. punched our ticket to the Sugar Bowl. Um, we're so close thanks to the win against KAU on Saturday. Um, I don't think anybody thought we would get to Arlington this way, just overall kind of big picture how the season went, but I, I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. Um, it's it's so cool to be able to go to Arlington and get this team the Big 12 championship, John. I mean, like you said, I mean, what more fitting way could it be than to beat your our in-state rival, uh, a, a much improved team than what we saw for the past few years, uh, settle this as the game that will indicate who's going to Arlington and who's not going to Arlington. But uh, suck at Texas fans. K-State is here to stay. We are going to Arlington. Uh, I mean, we, we I mean, we said all, all along during the offseason many, many times. We've had the top talent, the most amount of talent that Chris Clemens had. Uh, I mean, this was a Big 12 con- championship contending team. There are a few bumps on the road with the losses to Tulane, uh, the Texas game as well. But the, the mission for the most part is complete now. It's just uh, now at this point, it's just uh, completing that uh, championship run. Yeah, the, season, the story of the season has just been nothing short of incredible with the highs and the lows. You know, for fans riding the roller coaster, it just speaks to the resiliency of this team, the way we've been able to bounce back after tough losses now i think something i mean we on friday we could have sneaked our way into the big 12 championship john if baylor beaten texas but they didn't texas won and then texas fans you really got to feel bad for them john they had to root for ku who no, they, i don't feel bad for them well they just like no. <laughs> i was being john it's some sarcasm they just beat ku 55 to 14 and they have to hope that they beat us <laughs> like that's just i mean they 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 already knew that they had no shot oh my god well well like you might have missed out on this but ku with a ku twitter page oh i saw uh, that that was <laughs> it's like welcome to the chant texas fans you got two rules no horns up emojis you say rock chalk when we tell you to and then the texas fan replies back it's just that's so cringe it's sad it's <laughs> sad as it's sad as hell uh but nonetheless uh, uh, I mean, even Chris Kleiman mentioned it during the press conference. He kind of wanted Texas to win because he didn't want uh, his team uh, to overlook Kansas uh, before they get to the Big 12 championship. They knew that uh, beating Kansas was a must, uh, regardless of whether Texas beats Baylor or, or Baylor pulled off the upset. But, um, I mean, for the most part, we don't have to worry about all that anymore. All the scenarios are thrown out of a window. Uh, all the Texas fans, Kyle, uh, Kyle Umling, can cry and keep on twitter- tweeting uh, on what could have been and throw out more stats and stuff like that. But uh, uh, it won't change the narrative. You got K-State in the Big 12 championship now. Uh, first Big 12 championship since 2003. And to me, it it's simple. It kind of it reminds me of the 2003 season as well you know KC had a few losses you take the early uh early season loss to Marshall as well kind of similar to the two lane loss 
Uh, and then you're looking at a TCU team in which, similar to Oklahoma, the Oklahoma team from 2003, they were unbeaten, looking to punch their tickets to the, uh, to the BCS slash college football playoffs. So uh, it's it's an interesting narrative that I was thinking about earlier, but uh, I'm just happy to be in this position, Blake. Yeah. I mean, that 2003 game, I would say it was a little more extreme on both sides, as in oh, – yeah. You know, we our our loss to Marshall was a lot worse than our loss to Tulane, especially with how time has passed. And Tulane looks like a, I mean, they could be they're probably playing in the Cotton Bowl against a you know really good Power Five team. And then obviously Oklahoma at that time was being talked about as one of the greatest teams ever. Um, so to pull off an upset, that, and then they still ended up playing in the national championship, which to think about now is absolutely crazy that you lose to the number 15 team the last in a conference championship and you're still playing for a national championship. Anyway, well, just I mean, crazy well, times. Just, I mean, not just losing to the number 15 team in the country, but way they lost as yeah. well, just getting torched by L. Roberson and Darren Sproles. Like, oh my God, oh, that was... Take us back. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yes. Just relive the glory days. Um, well, hopefully that's the case. Uh, it's going to be a little bit different compared to what we've seen in the past because we're going to be down in Tejas, down in Kansas City. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. But, um, man, I mean, you, you could have not asked for a better way to finish the year. I mean, I mean, just not not just making the Big 12 championship, but just beating those bums from Lawrence. After, yeah. after we got to hear during the regular season about – how how good Kansas is, and they're just gonna come into Manhattan and create havoc around the Sunflower State. Um, that that ain't happening. That that ain't happening for another year. And everybody everybody uh, can just keep on crying and mentioning the all time series and, you know, and no national, national championships. Every, every single one, tweet, every single tweet, every every single tweet that comes out. Uh, but that but don't let that distract you from the fact that. That K State now has a 14 game winning streak. The streak has now gotten a learner's permit, um, which my gosh, it just grew up so fast. So it's, it's crazy to think we should make a scrapbook. <laughs> it's going off to high school I got, now. I got tears gosh. in my eyes already. Blake's already Blake's crying too. Uh, if 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 y'all are not seeing this, but anyways, uh, yeah, I, I mean, just I'm I'm just very happy for this team, man. They they came a long long ways i mean chris Kleiman mentioned it many times this is a team that wants to contend for a big 12 title while Kleiman is uh is coaching for k-state i mean he, i mean he mentioned it during the press conference um he his goal is to compete for big 12 championships uh and considering that you have the best roster since but uh really at the time you've been at k-state this was this is definitely the year to do it this was everything that Chris Klein was building up towards. It's his fourth year and he's obviously peaked now. I mean, this is, you know, I mean, people have talked about some of the, you know, Tim Fitzgerald's talked about, you know, back in 2019, a lot of the um, criticism that Chris, the Chris Kleiman hire had given how close him and Gene Taylor were, he was just hiring his friend. And obviously all of those, you know, in his first year, I think a lot of the haters um, got silenced with that win over Oklahoma. But I mean, just for, from a fan perspective, just the pride you have for not only a team that's playing this good brand of football, but the way they play it, they play it the right way. A lot of high character guys on this team. It, you know, Chris Kleiman talks about a player-led locker room. 
there's just like the, so everybody on this team is so easy to root for, you know, with guys like Randon Plattner, who's, you know, directing the band of the pineapple at the end of the game. And, you know, all the shenanigans he has in the way being a walk on and earning his way through his leadership and his work ethic. You know, a guy like Austin Moore, who's a walk on as well, worked his butt off and has had a great season so far. Um, you know, so many great stories on this team. Deuce Vaughn, a guy who's been, you know, uh, underestimated because of his height. Will Howard is a whole story at K-State. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I mean, just so many great guys who totally deserve this, and I'm so happy for it. They're so easy to root for. And another story you can create, especially during the KU game, is senior night. You know, you have a lot of seniors on that team, especially for the ones who are coming from the state of Kansas. Hadley Panzer is one that comes into mind. Is Cooper Beebe also a senior? He's a junior, well? but you know, junior, but he, he might, he, he, he might, might go pro. Go, he might, yeah, he might go pro. Um, but nonetheless, you you want to you want to have, um, I mean, you want to win on senior day, especially for the ones, uh, who who are from the state. They know, everybody knows around here that the K State and KU game, no matter how good or how bad KU is, is a rivalry that should not be taken lightly. And the way this team performed, it might have not been the best. K-State might have caught in a few breaks. But we said this before. Great teams find way, find ways to win and find ways to win in some of the ugliest games you'll perform. And I don't know if it's one of the ugliest. I thought I thought there were a few possessions here and there that, that, that I questioned a few of the play calls at times. But um, not, nonetheless... K State did their part. The defense, uh, the defense, sluggish in the first half. Uh, got things going in the second half. My gosh, the special teams. That yep. It, 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 I I said this. Uh, special teams has to make a big, a uh, big impact. Uh, and Ty Zentner just, I mean, he is the he is the kicking juggernaut for K State. Yeah. I mean, I, I was really impressed by his performance. But um, uh, I mean. I, I don't know really what what else how what else more there is to say like in terms of the overview of up a game like we can get into the game if you like to but just a big big win without a doubt you also had Malik Knowles having a big day um, I mean Deuce Vaughn was also a big difference uh, and while KU did have Devin Neal he had a few big runs uh, Deuce Vaughn was I mean he was multitasking what with the run game the passing game. Uh, the blocking game as well for Malik, uh, helping out uh, create some space for Malik Knowles as well. So um, that was some good stuff as well. One thing I want to point out on senior day before um, I get into the game is, I mean, Chris Kleiman mentioned his press conference for senior day. It was, you know, they do the announcement, a quick hug, you know, hug their families, get some pictures, and they're going back into the locker room because they knew it was different from previous years. It wasn't just to go six and six or seven and five. This was to play for a big 12 championship. So, you know, those guys were locked in. And I mean, I just want to take a moment. You know, this was probably the last time we see a lot of guys play at Bill Snyder family stadium. Maybe the amount of seniors on this team, you know, some of them can come back for, you know, because of COVID years and all this other stuff. But I mean, you know, Eli Huggins, Christian Duffy, KT Leviston, you know, Malik Knowles, Philip Brooks, Julius Brents, Echo Boydo, you know, and there's so many others, you know, Cooper Beebe, you know, Felix Anudike Uzama is definitely gone after this year, even yeah. though he's a junior, he's, he's going pro. Um, Deuce Vaughn will probably go to the NFL. I'm not a hundred percent sure. It, um, it, it depends. It, it, He'll probably go to the I, combine at least. 
I would say, yeah, like the combine will make a difference as well as but draft stock from some of the media outlets as well. So we'll see how that kind of pans out. But um, I mean, man, a lot of those players played the hearts out yesterday against Kansas and a lot of them came up with big plays. And even for some of the young ones as well. I mean, we talked about VJ Payne and TJ Smith getting some action. Um, VJ Payne, I mean, he had the tenacity and the physicality late in that contest, covering KU, uh, covering KU wide receivers um, left and right. I thought he had a tremendous game as well. Um, but you, you, you mentioned it right on the spot. It was, it was a senior ass performance. Um, and really, we'll want, and really compared to last year, in which uh, it was Skylar Thompson's last game, they, they, I mean, they were just not able to execute at the right times against Baylor. Um, K-State just, I mean, again, they might have gotten bailed a few times because of many Kansas errors, um, but nonetheless, I mean, they did their part to win this game. Yeah, I mean, let's just give credit to KU real fast. A lot of people have been talking about the gap and whether the gap is closed. Uh, I think it's fair to say it has, um, but I think, you know, K-State is still the superior football team. Um, but there were times, I mean, this game was consistently at about like a 13 point, you know, about a two possession game for a long time. And it just felt like, you know, if KU you know, made, made a play here, or there got an interception, you know, some sort of big play, they could get right back into this game. And it's a one possession game and we're kind of, you know, on the reels, but KU there's just, it came down to a few plays, you know, the muff punt, the safety, those fumbles, you know, Malik Knowles had some great kick returns. Those kind of plays are the plays that made the difference and allowed the K State to build that lead. And we just we never gave it up because we're a clean football team that doesn't make those kind of mistakes. Well, on top of that as well, for uh just really the start of the second half, because uh K State well, actually I, I take that back. Uh late in the second half as well. K State had a 30 to 21 lead. They held KU scoreless in the final few minutes of the first half. Um with that explosive offense, they went into the locker room with a two-possession lead, and KU had the ball for the second half. If, if they went down the field uh, and capitalized on the first drive, we could have been having a track meet, uh, pretty much. But the defensive line stepped up. It gave enough pressure to Jalen Daniels to make him uncomfortable, get uh, throw, uh, just throw out-of-character out passes at times. Um, not too many wide receivers were weren't uh, uh, were in the area of completion at times so um the defense especially when the second half began it was similar to west virginia you know but um k-state was caught early on and with the likes of josh hayes julius brands didn't start the best way possible but they but they locked in uh as well as echo boydo my gosh echo boydo how about hit for him for his sakes uh the lawrence native fine yeah. getting one more, one, getting one more shot at the jayhawks uh, and getting the win as well. Um, but the defense locked down. They did their part uh, to hold, to hold Kansas to uh, just two touchdowns. Uh, well, no, just one touchdown in the fourth quarter, uh, fourth, second half. Man, I cannot talk to that. <laughs> I mean, KU, I mean, a lot of coaches talk about how important the last five minutes of the second quarter and that first five minutes of the uh, third quarter can be. KU cannot say that they didn't have their chances to win this game. They score, and it's a 21-30 game. We go three and out and give it right back to them with three and a half minutes left. But they three and out. I believe they get it to fourth and one. Um, they decide not to go for it. It was pretty deep in their territory. But we fumble. They get it yeah. again. And, I mean, you know, we just 
they're not able to capitalize and they, they get the ball to start the second half. They three and out. We punt right back to them. They fumble it and we score a touchdown. And then we're pretty much, you know, I, I think at that point, K-State fans kind of can start to breathe a little bit when it's a 16 point game. Um, Your defense plays so well in the second half. We just kind of cruised from there. Um, so KU had their chances, but they're just, they're just not quite there yet. Um, there are some, go ahead. Oh no, go, go. Oh no. I was just pointing that out. Not quite yet there. Yeah. You saw, I mean, they had a lot of explosive plays, um, from Jalen Daniels at some points, uh, eight, eight rushes for 51 yards. He went 20, 32 for 168. Devin Neal. I was a little surprised that he was limited to only 59 yards on 16 carries. Of course, they were they were kind of going with uh, RPO uh, for most of the time with Jalen Daniels as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, for for the most part, KU's offense pretty uh, stalled. Um, and that that turnover, I believe Devin Neal had the ball, uh, but but he muffed it and um, Casey recovered. I think that pretty much was when we kind of knew this defense was a uh, was locked in, ready to go, uh, and really just ping K ping KU uh I mean just providing enough pressure as well for the most part. I I, I had I thought I was gonna go somewhere with that, but uh, you know it is what it is. Yeah, no, you're good. I mean, I think just like kind of watching this game and not looking at the stats, um, and then going back and looking at them now, it's really crazy to think that KU only had 307 total yards because they were putting some good drives together where it felt like we were kind of yeah. getting burnt. Um, I mean, you know, and they only had 127 rushing yards. That's just kind of crazy to me to think it, it makes them, it's kind of surprising that they put up 27 points, but um, I mean, I think Cole Carmody mentioned this on the power cat podcast that the bar kind of shifts when you play KU just cause you know, we've beaten them 55, 14 and all the, by these absurd score lines that, you know, a 20 point game just feels kind of meh and, you know, giving up 27 points. Um, and we, I don't think we even played, we didn't play perfect. That's definitely for oh, sure. Oh. And we put up 47 points, you know, force a couple turnovers, hold KU to below their, um, their average. Um, and I think they overall had a really poor game offensively to their standards. So, yeah. I mean, even if, you know, we didn't play our a game and we're still playing like this, I think it's can give a lot of K state fans, um, a lot of hope. And it's interesting. Our, the evolution of this K state offense through the season. Cause you know, we, we watched the two lane game and we're like, Oh my gosh. Like, you know, we knew our defense was going to carry our team, but it's like, it's going to have to carry it this hard. And then you have the Oklahoma game where we're this dynamic rushing attack with Adrian Martinez. And they're this two headed rushing monster, you know, we're throwing it a little bit. And then we go through the season and we get to the TCU game and it's like, Oh my gosh, Will Howard is, you know, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. Um, and, and now we're just, now we're, you know, a superb passing attack. We're one of the best offenses in the big 12. Um, we're the second best scoring defense in the big 12 behind Iowa state. So, I mean, we're, we're kind of like, we're, we we're one of the best big 12 teams on both sides of the ball. It's just, I mean, it's just crazy to think how this season has gone. Um, it's just crazy. Uh, and, and really, What's I mean, it's just this game in particular just kind of played out similar to the West Virginia game. I, I, minus the pick, I mean, the offense, I mean, the offense didn't didn't have too many good possessions uh, in the first half. Uh, KU's offense really uh, KU's offense. I uh, had some scores going in the first half. Defense wasn't able to step step up uh, early on. 
Uh, but then in the second half, a defensive line did their part shutting down Garrett Green in the West Virginia offense, uh, and they did their part shutting down Jalen Daniels in the Kansas offense. Um, I mean, who knows uh, what was the situation with Kansas at the time, considering that it was only the second game for Jalen Daniels uh, uh, with him being back as the quarterback as well. You also had uh, Jason Bean, uh, uh, who uh, who had like one completion all night as well. So. That play was awesome. I'm not going to lie. That was a that cool was play. That was a pretty cool play. It was uh, really yeah. – <laughs> It was I mean, of... Lance Leopold, I mean, he he pulled out some serious, like, offensive play calls that I did not see coming one, one bit. I mean, uh, you had some – oh, geez. I, I, yeah, I, I, think, I think Lincoln Riley, like, low-key misses the Big 12. Like, if he saw – got to play Lance Leipold, um, <laughs> and see, I bet he's taking some notes on that offense. Like, he's definitely a little – he's like, okay, like, y'all got some flashy stuff. I'm thinking of Brent Venable's take is like, good God, is this the Big Twelve? Like, <laughs> like what? What is this place? You, you, y'all just letting, you, you, we're just letting teams score forty plus, fifty plus. Like, what? What's going on here, y'all? It, it ain't the same Oklahoma team. Uh, oh well, but not the ACC either. So Brent, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, um but yeah, uh. It, it, I mean, it, it was absolutely crazy, though. I mean, just with the amount of loaded offenses that are in the Big 12, I was expecting more from Oklahoma State with Spencer Sanders this year, Mount running attack, uh, Blake shaping a little bit with that offensive line at Baylor. That did not live to the, to the expectations. But even, but even if they're not stepping up to the occasion offensively, we're still seeing the likes of, Jalen Daniels, Devin Neal, McKay, U offense. We're seeing Bill the Butcher and K-State's <laughs> offense. I'm sure if you went up to Will Howard and called him Bill, Bill <laughs> he would love it. Uh, oh, my gosh. Um, I mean, that the K-State's offense just uh, – you mentioned it, it. It's a little bit of a different dynamic now compared to what we've seen with Adrian Martinez. I mean, we relied more on the running game, uh, especially – I mean – Putting puppy elements into consideration as well. It was a rainy night, uh, similar to what we saw against Missouri. And for that game, we relied more on the run game. It was it was effective. Missouri could not get any stops, and it just didn't look at as if that way in the passing uh, in the KU game because Will Howard was more of a passing attack. Uh, what was it? Eleven completions, uh, two hundred thirteen yards. He had two touchdowns as well. By the way. Uh, all in the Here first half, we didn't complete a pass in the second half. I think we well, ran. We, so. only had, we only had three passes in the second half. Three passes in the second half. Uh, and then, of course, uh, with a rushing attack, uh, Deuce Vaughn, 25 carries, 147 yards. I mean, what what else are, does there need to be said? Uh, Deuce Vaughn beat Deuce Vaughn. He also had two receptions for 82 yards. Uh, I guess another thing to – point out for this offense is even with the absence of Deuce Vaughn, if he decides to go pro next year, but what the, the running back core is still in great hands because DJ Gittins just continues uh, to be one of the more impressive running backs that I've seen come out of K-State for a while now. Um, I mean, we talk about the size and the structure and Deuce Vaughn, I mean, he, I mean, he's small and he's, and he has a lot of cuts and jukes and all that stuff. But DJ Gittins has a little more has a little more weight and height to it, uh, to himself, in which it's not going to be as easy to bring uh, to bring down 
uh, bring down DJ Gittin. So um, just looking at that, you also had Malik Knowles uh, also have a good rushing day as well. So um, the offense, I mean, what, what was it? 230 rushing yards, 213 passing yards from Howard. Uh, if you're going above 200, if you're going above 200 yards uh, per game, uh, both passing and rushing, I could, I consider that a successful day. Yeah, um, this is a little bit kind of a topic change, but I saw this brought up on um, the three mop pod, so I wanted to kind of flesh this out as well. Um, obviously, Max Duggan's going to be the first team All Big Twelve quarterback, right? But when it comes right. to second team All Big Twelve quarterback, the conversation gets very interesting. It's really interesting because there's so many injuries, right? I mean, you just look around: Jalen Daniels hurt, Dylan Gabriel hurt, Blake Shapin trash, you know, Donovan Smith hurt. You know, Tyler Shuck hurt, Baron Morton hurt, you know, all for Texas Tech. Adrian Martinez obviously is out. Quinn Ewers hurt and also hasn't played that well. Hunter Deckers, you know, he's not not even close. Spencer, Spencer Sanders, Sanders gets hurt. You yeah. know, um, JT Daniels, no. Um, so I mean, is is it possible for Will Howard to get second team all back 12 quarterback? Possibly. He I don't know possibly. if he's played enough games though. Yeah, but I mean, he came in late, he came in late into the season. I mean Really, really since the Baylor game. I mean, he played for TCU part, but that was just under horrific circumstances with, with the absence of Adrian Martinez. Um, but really after the Baylor game, I mean, well, during the Baylor game was really when everybody put into consideration that Will Howard was the guy. Uh, it was just unfortunate that it only took us three, three games to really uh, find out that that was ultimately the case. I mean, not. I mean, I'm not trying to say that. Will Howard deserved to be the starter throughout the whole entire season. I did not think he was ready uh, as a starter in like the first few games of a season. Which, uh, when you have when you bring in a transfer with Adrian Martinez, that makes things a little more convenient. Um, but when you're able to have that kind of development, I mean, Chris Kleiman, he is. I mean, he gets in quarterbacks to the NFL. Every, like almost every year with Skylar Thompson last year, Carson Wentz uh, back in his days at North Dakota State. I mean, he's doing it again with Will Howard. I mean, I would not be surprised if we see within the next year or two, uh, he could be uh, strongly in con- uh, consideration for uh, the NFL draft. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. The improvement that he's made with his footwork, with his eyes going down the field you know, his ability to take shots, his decision-making, the way he's seen the game. I mean, it is just unbelievable. My guess is that Spencer Sanders is probably just going to be the um, second-team All-Big 12 quarterback. But, I mean, if you want to make the argument, uh, Will Howard's passer rating is 170. And to put that into perspective, Max Duggan's passer rating, who possibly could be a Heisman finalist, is 171. So... I'd probably say for Duggan, probably an outside shot at the highest. Yeah, You're it's pretty looking... much. But a finalist? Could he be a finalist? Because mm, what? I I'm mean, not, it's. I I don't know if I'm seeing it. I I, I think at this point, it. I'm leaning towards Caleb Williams. Well, I know. This... Yeah, Caleb Williams. It's his to lose, basically. CJ Stroud's Heisman chances. CJ Stroud's Heisman chances went into flames. I'm just uh, talking after... about being a finalist, just being in the top three. 
In terms of being a top three, I, I don't think so. Okay. Because is Caleb Williams, CJ Stroud, I don't know. Can Blake Quorum? He's hurt. I don't know if he can still. Drake, maybe Drake May from North Carolina. Yeah, May. But the North Carolina State game occurred during uh, yeah. Black Friday as well. I, I honestly have no idea. Maybe you can make the case for Bijan Robinson as well. Yeah. Um, Here, let me uh, look up the Heisman odds because I, I don't know. I, don't, I haven't really been keeping up with the Heisman race. Um, Holy crap. Caleb Williams is a he is a ginormous favorite. Yeah. Max Max Duggan has the second best odds though. So I mean I think he could still go to really New York. Second, does he really have a second best odds? I don't know when this was updated. Um I mean this is some sports betting dime. It's not exactly oh, some wow. big name website, but um yeah. yeah, this was today. I mean so it seems like at least elsewhere Max Duggan is, you know, he's not like a he's not saying he's going to win, but I think he could get to New York. I, yeah, look, he's gonna beat K State though. He get, well, yeah, he, yeah, you still got to go through the 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 mighty K State Wildcats. That, that's without a doubt. The superior uh, purple team. Oh yeah, superior purple team. We can talk about that later. Uh, I is Stetson Bennett also considered on here? Uh, that 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 just completely shocks me as well. I was not expecting for Stetson Bennett to be in this possession either. Um. Oh. Maybe I mean if Hendon Hooker for Tennessee didn't get uh didn't get injured as well. He would be there, yeah. He might have been in there. I don't real know. Tough. The South Carolina the South Carolina game might have proven otherwise as well. But um could we possibly I I I mean apologies for kind of flipping the subject again. Is it possible that we could see Will Howard in kind of the same possession over the next few years as well? Like in uh like a dark horse Heisman? Possible. Well, yeah, dark, actually, that's a good way of doing it. Like a dark horse. Yeah. I mean, what? I think Adrian and Deuce were 150 to one at the start of the year. Um, Grubly was on that list. Drew Grubly was like 250 to one, which <laughs> it's aged horribly. That's just so funny to think about. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, he could probably get, you know, 125 to one at the beginning of the season. I mean, just based on what you've seen so far, you know, especially, I mean, you know, um, kind of maybe getting us slightly back on track here with college game day being at the big 12 championship, uh-huh. you know, Fowler and Herb street are probably going to be there on ABC. If Will Howard can put on a show and, you know, make a name, make a name for himself on a national stage. You know, he already slightly did that with the Oklahoma state game, but if we can do that against TCU, I mean, I think, I think people will definitely, you know, people in Vegas will definitely take notice of that. Um, before we get to, kind of like the big 12 championship stuff. I want to do to talk about some of the extracurriculars of the KU game. Um, first of all, press box, Willie on, on top yes. of the roof in the rain. I love it. I mean, like I was there at the Texas it, game when you did that in 2012, that was the coolest moment of the night. That was, I got goosebumps when I was watching it. It was just so awesome. It looked really similar. Well, with the rain coming down too, just with the camera view and all that, it looks similar to, um, it looks similar to when Willie did it in two in two thousand when K State played Nebraska when it when like it was all snowing and in, in, in Manhattan you were able to see all the hash marks on the on the field uh the the thirty yard lines and, and, and the yard lines and whatnot um but like late in the game when uh when when it was incomplete on the final play uh Willie came up to the press box did the KSU and the snow was falling down. Uh, all over the football stadium. That's that's what I kind of thought as well, except it was just rain. But 
It looked pretty cool. I I was a little bit disappointed in the cameraman though because uh, is, because he was just he, he was the focus on the the focus on the camera was not like it was not to in, the point where you could see Willie. I mean, it was like a blurred out Willie. In his, de- I will okay. Let's. Go, I don't go know. Ahead, go ahead. I don't know who shot it. Um, I think I'm guessing it was camera one or camera two. I won't say their names, you know, in case. No, no, it's okay. No worries. No, don't, don't, don't do that. But okay. To be fair. Um, I don't know how much, how much like lighting was up there. And cause I don't know if the lights are pointing up at that. So he probably had to iris up a ton or turn up his brightness on his camera. And when yeah. you turn the brightness up on your camera, your depth of field gets lower. So the m- less stuff is in focus. So you have to be like your focus is super like particular. You have to be very, you have, you to, have be to be very, in a very specific spot um, for it to be in focus. Yeah. So it's oh. a bit unfortunate, but it is what it is. Um, Speaking of some of the extracurricular activities, Blake, um, it was your it was possibly your last game. Also being, I know, man. How how's it feel? That uh, was it's bittersweet. It was my evolution as a wireless cam operator has been a lot of fun. Um, I you know it was pretty. I thought I thought it kind of sucked at first, but I've grown into it. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I don't know if you saw John. I don't know if you saw. I saw rep- I, you caught the you caught the ball. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you want to go. <laughs> <laughs> that was the highlight of my year of my, probably my entire <laughs> life. Um, if, <laughs> if you didn't see it or you weren't at the game or something, you probably it was just like a split second thing they showed a replay of. But um, I think KU was driving on the north side. They threw a pass into the um, corner of the end zone. It goes out of bounds. It takes one hop and goes right into my arms. Um, you know, my one reception of the season. Um, <laughs> and I was and I was going to crazy in the intercom. And then um, camera five, Reese actually got it of me, and they showed it on the re- <laughs> they showed a replay of it on the jumbotron. And <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> Well, was every, was everybody else reacting as well, or? Well, Andy that... didn't see it at for our boss, our director of the the video part show. Andy didn't see it, but he saw the replay. Um, you know, it's just you know, I just I made a I'm a made a, made a football move. You know, I'm just. I don't understand oh, why man. why you're not on the team after that. I mean, that yeah, was just. I'm sure Kleiman saw that. Was like, who's that kid? You know, he's that was Heisman caliber right there. If I've ever seen. I mean, what, been... what? What? Who? Who are these people? Like Max Duggan, Will Howard? No, 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 no. We need wide receiver Blake Blake Crawford. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's he's the real deal. I, I mean, he's having fun out there. I mean, the confidence is there. I mean. That guy's a that guy's a complete stud. That's all I can say. <laughs> I'm built different. What can I say? <laughs> um, another thing, um, they added some like kind of new like lighting and some like smoke stuff to the team runout at the beginning. That was very cool. Um, that was really cool. It's got to be tough for. There were a decent amount of KU fans there. They were kind of spread out. They weren't really in bunches. Um, mm-hmm. but it's got to be tough for them to come to the bill and see what we're working with in terms of not only like, you know, the stadium and, you know, all of our video boards and the whole entire fan experience. Um, It's gotta be real tough for them to, you know, know that this is what's going on, you know, an hour away from Lawrence and, you know, um, those stadium renovations cannot come soon enough for those Jayhawks. Well, what, what I did find interesting from, from a Kansas fan perspective, well, actually from a, from a visiting fan standpoint as well, I'm starting to get a little more of a vintage point as not just like the southeastern corner is where we're going to place the visiting fans. 
I feel like they're going to place more of those visiting fans who come from out of town up in the nosebleeds. We saw that in the Missouri game where they had like a lot of black and gold uh, fans wearing black and gold up in the, up in the nosebleeds um, and some down in the southeast section as well. <clears throat> well, there was a lot, little more KU fans up in the nosebleeds because KU's entire band was on the southeastern southeastern corner of the stadium, which I have a few 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 friends as well um they they had a great show as well uh the student section was just completely immature but what 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 else did you expect when when you're playing KU that's what I was going to talk about the uh I mean the booing of the KU marching band while it is very um immature and kind of stupid because you know it's like it's marching band you know we're all on the same team of music you know um, I did laugh. I thought it was kind of funny, but they definitely didn't deserve that. Um, I know that I was like next to the band when they were like, you know, getting ready to go on and they clapped for them and stuff. So I thought they did a good job. Um, and, and some of the band members turned around and it was like so classy. Yeah. Oh, and good. I mean, so good Lord. The KSU marching band. I mean, they had 82 seniors and it's my hey. job to walk from like yeah, one end so zone to the other. Getting every single one of them. Oh my gosh, I was not ready for that. <laughs> I lined up at like I was at like midfield, and I was like, I thought there'd be you know fifteen or twenty of them. I thought I would go forty to forty. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so and I just I hear eighty two over the um the PA. I was like, oh god, I just I have to sprint it over to like the ten yard line on the south side and just keep moving over. Oh, I, wait, I I got a question just in re, just in relation to the non wireless camera. Uh, wait, how like how heavy is that when when you're when you're carrying that thing around? It's heavy. Um, I I don't know if I can put a weight on it. Um, maybe twenty pounds. Twenty pounds. Yeah. Um, you just it's just something that you never it never gets like better. It just gets less bad. You can just tolerate it for longer, basically. But- is it more um, about how is it more about how heavy it is or just like where you have to I think it's it. the like the the way you have to like have your you know shoulder up and have your arm over to have the handle to be able to zoom and stuff. Um yeah. I think that's the part that's the worst. If it was just on my shoulder, it wouldn't be the worst, but the fact I have to like keep my arm up there's too kind of puts it in an awkward position. Um I can't imagine like Eric, who's our uh camera operator, our like handheld operator on the sideline on the west side. I mean, he's he's got it on his shoulder for every play. You know, he's sprinting across from one side of the field to the other. Um, he's he's in crazy shape. You know, he's been doing he's been doing camera work for a long time though. So, um, you got to get a lot of get a lot of props to him for doing that. So, I mean, yeah, we have the best fan experience in the Big Twelve. Um, yeah. feels bad for KU for not you know, um, they have to deal with their uh their stuff at the booth. So, we'll see if that we'll see if there's like real like. All jokes aside about their porta potties and their all that stuff. I mean, we'll see if they're able to finally get things going with their AD. I mean, it looks like it looks as if they might have more of a funding in place with the success of a football team this year. Uh, I mean, KU is. I, I I think personally, from 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 my perspective, I think KU is likely to close the gap, uh, especially next year when when you're considering that KU's bringing back some of uh, some of their key players and then. K-State's losing some talent as well. It could be very interesting next year in Lawrence. 
Yeah, I mean, I was gonna. I think I have it in my notes next year. You know, because I think of twenty-eight seniors this year, and a lot of them play a lot. I mean, our entire offensive line is basically seniors. You know, Malik Knowles, Philip Brooks, Echo Boydo, Julius Brents. You know, wide receivers and D backs. I mean, even our some of our transfers, Kobe Savage, Josh Hayes, Drake Cheatham. You know, those are all seniors. Um, so it could be a rebuilding year next year for Coach Kleiman, but you never know what the transfer portal. And what you can bring in from there. So we'll just play, you know, we'll talk about that when it comes. Um, but, you know, let's look ahead, John. We're playing in the big. Tw- oh. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I, w- I was um, I also had this list um, uh, just found. Uh, I-, I-, I don't know why I pulled it up, but uh, it was it showed um like the returning production for the 2022 season. Um, I was not aware that KU returned 82 percent of their uh, players this- for this season alone. Wow. Um, they were ranked seventh in terms of returning production. So um, I don't know how many seniors are on the KU's on the KU roster as well, but um, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, K State oddly, K State oddly enough, they're they're ranked uh they're ranked some lot lot a lot further down than I thought. Fifty seven percent. That's ninety fifth in the country. Uh, wow. I mean that I I was completely shocked about. Does that. it take into but, account like? Deuce possibly leaving. If it doesn't I mean, take it, if it thinks if it thinks Deuce is coming back, then that's even worse. Well, no, I'd be good news from our from our sakes because well, because when we get another year with Deuce, right? Yeah, but I'm saying that we probably won't. So the fact that we're 95th when it thinks that Deuce is coming back means that we're going to be uh, return a lot less production than that than 57. Uh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, we'll see what happens next year. Um, so I mean, we'll still have Will Howard. So I mean, anything is possible with Trillwell. Will Butcher. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, we gotta come up. We we gotta finalize on a nickname, my boys. I I know Colby came up with some really good. Colby Van Camp came up with some really good nicknames like Bill the Butcher, Will How. Uh, a a Ace Edwards came up with Will How Howitzer, How Howitzer or, or something like that. Uh, I mean, you also got Iron Will as well. Uh, so, so some really good stuff on on that part yeah. as well. Well, I, we'll have plenty of time before uh, next year to come up with a really good uh, Will Howard nickname. But we're going to the Big Twelve Championship. College Game Day is going to be there. Uh, you know, I think Herbie and Fowler are probably going to call the game. Um, you know, so we're going to get a ton of recognition. You know, a ton of publicity for that. Um, I really hope Paul Feinbaum is there, so he can just look like a complete idiot. Um, having to talk about the Big 12 championship on the, you know, um, ESPN's like flagship pregame show when he said, you know, last week that nobody's going to watch the Big 12 championship. <laughs> I mean, he's just going to be in his luxurious press box down in Atlanta watching Georgia just throttle LSU. Oh my gosh, the SEC West is terrible. The, the, the SEC, like, the, the SEC gets this reputation for being like the best conference in college football but the sec west is terrible holy crap you're you're telling me that the best team in the sec west lsu can't be texas a&m texas the worst team in the sec texas a&m oh my gosh uh i i mean that does change the it does change things up a little bit from the bowl perspective now because a lot of people were uh, were having us playing lsu in the sugar bowl but if this continues to hold up, we might get Bama. We get we might get big boy Bama. Uh which I mean 31st. In which I'm 
I mean, I, I, I like, I'd be like, I'd be thrilled to see us play, be one of the all-time winning programs, with the best coaching college football. But at the same time, I would not like it because uh, if we get if we have to play with Alabama, and if we lose, and we're still not going to hear from the Kansas fans about the BCS stuff. Uh, oh, we won the BCS in 2007. Look at us, rock chalk. Uh, yeah, I mean, and the next thing you know, we just completely crap the bed for the next 14 years or something like that. I, I don't know. K- Kansas fans have been just a complete pain in the ass, especially from the from the people who pick up the scoops, uh, especially. Mike Vernon it continues to be a complete laughing stock. Uh, Bry- what's his name? Bryson Strickler. Uh, I mean, oh, yeah. I, I mean, I don't call people up, but that, but they're asking for it. But the people on Twitter, especially, uh, Bryson Strickler thought Will Howard was not good to go because he was sick. I mean, maybe he was earlier in the week, but he was com- he was completely fine. If any pointed out uh, while he was at the game, Manhattan smelled completely terrible, and then John Kurtz replied back, "Uh, it was Will Howard." uh vomiting on the sideline or something like that uh apparently we just found out it was KU's uh uh horrific defense that uh that smells like you know what yeah uh, so, yeah yeah i mean it's it's just tough to talk trash when you know you're in such a inferior position so i don't i mean they're kind of just like you know punching from below trying to hit us on the chin but their their arm can't even go that high well I'll, t- well, I'll tell you who we can really make fun of. Uh, it's those damn fans from Austin, Texas. Uh, I mean, I have never seen so much deriding from one from one fan base to another. I mean, we. I mean, we won't. I mean, it would have been a little bit helpful if we had Baylor beating Texas, but we weren't going all out to the point where it was like. Come on, Baylor, please get this done. Uh, we just want to play in Arlington. We don't want to deal with Kansas. No, it was not like that. Like we were just like, oh, cool. We'll 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 take a Baylor one, take it the easy way. Especially from the official like Texas and KU football pages. That's that just is so low. That that is sad. Like that is really sad. I mean, so I mean, with all the Texas fans coming on there, KU's up athletic site i mean we yeah we just mentioned this a little while ago uh all right texas fans uh, you come to join the kansas bandwagon uh, you gotta follow these rules all this stuff texas is like uh yeah but we're gonna say y'all instead of you all uh just up and like that uh looking forward to rooting for you guys i mean that was just completely sad Te- i i have no remorse for texas fans uh i mean if we if we beat texas this year you would have not heard the end of it from me um but sadly i just don't understand how we can't get it done against texas but that's that's on the that's on the climbing bucket list we got to beat texas uh no, no, that's a big one but nonetheless nonetheless we kick those fools out of any chance of going to arlington it sets us up for the cats and the frogs College game day is going to be there. Blake, I don't know if you're going to be going or not. I, I doubt I'm going to be going as well. Uh, I My parents, my dad, I think, is going to go with my little brother. But unfortunately, I can't go because I'm working the – there's a Wichita State basketball game that night that's going to be on yeah. ESPNU, so I'm working that. Um, So I will have quite a day. Hopefully, I'll be in a good mood before I show up for the Wichita State game. Um, Hopefully, it's well attended too. Um, I think – 
yeah, yeah, that makes them a little more difficult as well because, I mean, they the scene the student section just the student section part of the uh, AT and T Stadium is sold out. Yeah, already. Uh, <laughs> yeah, already like five hundred plus tickets. That's already sold out. Yeah. So, um, that I mean, uh, so you might not have as much of a student presence for that game against Wichita State and. We know Wichita State can bring in a lot of fans as well, so it'll be interesting. We can touch on that uh, later next next week, but I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be big. Uh, it, I mean, first time since two thousand and three, you're gonna have this opportunity. You're gonna have all the lights shining on you. You're gonna have ABC Television College Game Day there. It it it, it doesn't get more it doesn't get more better than that. Did Josh Pate say who was gonna go? I was watching some of his live show, but I didn't catch the. Uh, if he has been, I just call it another win because Josh Pate is uh, Pate State material. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He is one of the best. I highly recommend uh, if you're listening to anything. Uh, Josh Pate is the man for just all of college football. I mean, I mean Blake, Blake and I we're 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 K State. We I mean we we like to talk about college football, but we're K State. Like, yeah, we, we take people over purple and white. Uh, but Josh Pate, he's an all-around college football guru. Uh, I highly recommend listening to that as well. But I mean, if he does, just adds on more media presence as well. I hope it. I mean, you hopefully it's not too big of a distraction for the football <laughs> team. But um, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. We'll we'll see what happens. We'll have more on that uh, Friday night as well. So oh yeah, it, it's, yeah. It, it, I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, John, you kind of turned me on to Josh Pate, so uh, thanks for that. Yeah, he does great stuff. Um, yeah, we're going to have a great show on Friday. We'll make sure to pull out all the bells and whistles for the Big 12 Championship. I'll try and get Anthony North uh, from Frogs of War again, maybe do another interview with him. Uh, we mm-hmm. could talk to him about the Big 12 Championship. Um, you know, Unfortunately, me and John are probably not going to Arlington, but uh, there's going to be a ton of K-Staters there. I'm sure we're going to get – I mean, TCU is not that far from it, but I wouldn't be surprised if we had more fans there than them. Um, and if you're looking to get bowl tickets, um, in case you missed out or you haven't heard, um, so since TCU is in the college football playoff right now, if they win, they would go to the college football playoff. Um, even if we lose, we're still the second best Big 12 team by college football playoff ranking. So we would still go to the Sugar Bowl. Then obviously, if we win the Big 12 championship, we're, you know, the Big 12 is contractually obligated with the Sugar Bowl to send the big 12 champion there. So we would, we're pretty much guaranteed the sugar bowl, no matter what, you know, yeah. Barstool, Texas is trying to make some stupid argument that we beat Texas, or they're trying to use some dumb logic. Like if we lost to TC, we'd have three losses like Texas does, but we would have an extra win over them and have a better record, but I'm well, not going to try and use logic against Texas fans. Uh, <laughs> well, if you want to, if you want to have any good news or any indication on, on our status for the Sugar Bowl from a Texas perspective, um, Chris Del Conte said no. Uh, it doesn't look like that Texas will be in the Sugar Bowl. The athletic director for Texas, Chris Del Conte, uh, he believes Texas won't be in the uh, Sugar Bowl regardless of, of the TCU and K-State game. So maybe maybe that all works out. Um, yeah, we'll if the Texas AD is saying it, then it's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I I am, but it, but we but but from my my perspective, from my family perspective, uh, if we do go to the Sugar Bowl, uh, I I I'm 
considering going down to New Orleans, which would be pretty fun. I'm not. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. It's gonna be pretty fun. <laughs> I mean, New Orleans on New Year's Eve, I'm sure, is already crazy enough. Oh um, yeah, you've got a yeah. bowl game there. You know, it's at 11 a.m. I'm pretty sure. Um, so you got the bowl game, and then I mean. Bourbon Street, I'm sure that night is just going to be absolutely absurd. If you even want to try and get in, pat, get in there, I'm sure everybody's just shoulder to shoulder on that street. Um, but yeah, that that would be a ton of fun. Um, so just uh, kind of some final thoughts, John. I think, um, you know, I don't think this type of thing probably isn't going to happen. This doesn't happen too often um, to K State football teams. This seems kind of like this is like a once in a decade type football team where all the stars have aligned for this team to be successful and they've done the right things to get to the big 12 championship. So, I mean, you know, as we're watching this team, you know, as we're watching Deuce Vaughn and Felix and Udiki Uzama and a bunch of other seniors, probably for the, you know, final couple games, um, just take, you know, take a few mental snapshots and just kind of remember, just take a step back and remember and appreciate how cool it is to get to watch this team the last couple of times before we probably never see a lot of these guys in a K-State uniform again. And, and yeah, cherish for moment. I mean, this team has come a long ways. I mean, the Big 12 championship uh, was on their mind from day one uh, right after last year. I mean, after the LSU game, of course, of course, the absence of Skylar Thompson, you bring him Adrian Martinez and really just a whole lot of uh, just a whole lot of talent overall. I mean, you bring in some other key players with the likes of uh, Josh Hayes, Kobe Savage, Drake Cheatham, all those type of players, they come in and they give all they give all they got uh, to put on the field as well. And then yeah, just overall the, I mean the talent is there to make a run for the Big Twelve title and even contending for the Big Twelve title. Like I was thinking, maybe second worst case scenario, third or fourth. Um, but we, I mean, but we made it to Arlington. I mean. You you and I always mention, like almost every week, it's it's going to be Ar- Ar- Arlington or not. So, um, we well, we made it to Arlington. Now it's just time to put the cherry on top against a really good TCU team. Yeah, and I think as fans and as players, I'm sure everybody's really hungry to beat TCU, especially considering how things went in Fort Worth. So, um, make sure you check out our live show Friday on Wildcat 91.9. At 6 p.m., we're going to have a great show. We're going to do a bunch of fun stuff to celebrate going to the Big 12 Championship at the matchup against TCU. But for now, let's take a quick break, and then we'll recap women's basketball at the Paradise Jam, talk about some volleyball as well. And we're back. Before we get to women's basketball and volleyball, like I said, we were going to get to, I think um, it's worth mentioning some of the other things that were happening, not only in the Big 12, but college football, um, because it was rivalry week. Um, Say that five times fast. And yeah, not too bad. Rivalry. Yeah, maybe it's just maybe it's just a me thing. Um, Anyway, there's a lot going on. Lots of upsets, lots of crazy games. Um, Let's start in the Big 12, John. We already talked about Baylor, Texas. Uh, It's not relevant. Um, TCU, Iowa State. I mean, good Lord. Um, One of the worst performances in the Matt Campbell era. 62 to 14 TCU wins. They're cruising the Big 12 title game. Um, From a K-State perspective, it's not worth, you know, getting too scared over. Iowa State literally threw two pick sixes. Um, you know, Max Duggan didn't have a crazy game. They just kind of did what they needed to do and went on cruise control. Um, Iowa State is a joke this year. 
So four and eight after starting the year three and oh, you beat Iowa, but at what cost? You're, you're becoming Iowa. That's that's yeah. you become Iowa <laughs> with a really good defense and a piss poor quarterback. Uh, oh my gosh, worst loss in the Matt Campbell era. I mean, if he doesn't, if he doesn't make any decisions this offseason, I mean, they might be screwed. I mean, I mean, and even because Hunter Deckers is not ready. I mean, he was not a starter this year. He did not deserve to be a starter whatsoever. They need to go after a quarterback in the transfer portal, uh, kind of similar to K State because we were we were in a tight situation with Will Howard and Jake Rubley. You bring in Adrian Martinez. Iowa State did not do that. They were relying on Hunter Deckers and Rocco Beck as well. He played uh, for Iowa State as well, but they threw for a combined six six interceptions. I mean, it's. Jeez, man. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Iowa State's just a complete oh, laughing stuff. man. That is just unbelievable. The new Kansas. The new Kansas. <laughs> that's a tough, that's a tough moniker um, to be the laughing stock of the Big 12 now. One, one thing we can learn this year is no matter how good or how bad we are, at least we aren't uh, our rival, one of our rivals, because one one of KU or Iowa State will be last. Yeah, we need to pick some new rivals. You really need to get them up to so we can actually be interesting. Anyway, um, we've talked about coaching a little bit and Matt Campbell's poor coaching. Um, do you think Neil Brown? Um, there's no. talk that he might possibly still be around for 2023. They pull off a win against Oklahoma State 24-19. They're still not bowl eligible, but um, I feel like I've heard some talk that they're not gonna fire Neil Brown and let mm-hmm. it ride for another year. Um, and see where it goes. I don't know what else they really need to see. I mean, I know they're getting a new athletic director and maybe they don't want, I don't, I don't really know what their thought process is, but, um, Oklahoma state's completely falling apart. They finished the season, you know, <laughs> downhill at seven and five. We'll see what they do in their bowl game, but. Well, I, I'll save this from a West Virginia perspective. I think the Neil Brown decision will be based on uh, not only the athletic director, but also the buyout because I believe it's $18 million to $20 million. Uh, I mean, they're not able to afford that. They're probably not able to afford that right now if they're not able to uh, get Neil Brown out of town. But, uh, I mean, I'm, I mean, on the bright side, it's not like Texas A&M where you have to give up $96 million uh, to get rid of uh to get rid of Jimbo Fisher and all that but West Virginia I mean what a what a way to end the year um I mean their rushing attack just came out uh on full force uh Oklahoma State gave up 250 yards uh Spencer I mean they, Oklahoma State's really just nothing when they don't have Spencer Sanders uh they can't they couldn't stay on the field long enough uh whether it was quick three and outs or mistakes they um uh, they just gonna get a whole lot going with Garrett Regal, uh, Ringel, their uh, backup QB. Um, Casey Dunn is a terrible offensive coordinator. My gosh, she. I mean, we want to talk about how bad Iowa State's offense has been uh, for the past uh, this entire season. Oklahoma State's offense, especially when losing Spencer Sanders, has just rapidly declined. Um, it's gonna be an interesting offseason, not just with Casey Dunn and Mike Gundy and all those coaching decisions that will be made. Um, what's gonna happen with Spencer Sanders as well? Because 
he might be looking to uh uh go elsewhere uh possibly uh if he ends up in, uh going to a different school. Yeah, that would definitely be interesting. Uh last game here in the Big 12, Oklahoma Texas Tech. Texas Tech wins in very dramatic fashion, 51 to 48 in overtime. Uh, there was a controversial kick that Oklahoma, I think it was a really short field goal in overtime that Oklahoma had that looked like it went in up the right upright, but the um, umpire said it was no good. So Texas Tech just kicks a field goal in OT to win. Um, Oklahoma is six and six. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, especially when you consider, you know, I mean, I think John Kurtz talked about it. You know, what Spencer Rattler's done the last two games what Caleb Williams is doing and Lincoln Riley at USC. Um, you know, it's, it's a real tough look for Oklahoma right now for what they ended up getting. It's a real bad, I mean, really bad look. I mean, similar, I mean, it was similar to Bedlam as well. Oklahoma was up 17 to uh, zero earlier, but, uh, but defense fell apart. They gave up almost 600 yards. Uh, I mean, but defense has been horrific all year. I mean, you would expect for a defense, for a defensive coordinator coming from Clemson, there'd be some kind of defensive presence all year for Oklahoma, but we have not seen it. Oklahoma just they sucked this year. I mean, they, I mean, this is way lower than their worst case scenario for a record. Uh, I mean, going six and six, but Texas Tech. Uh, I mean, the offense stalled at times, but if you score forty eight, you should be uh, you you uh, you should be more than uh, you you should be more than enough to win a football game, and uh, it might be a little bit of a long off season for Oklahoma to say the least. But um, big win for Texas Tech. That should improve their bowl status a little bit. Uh, whether it's going to be the Texas Bowl or maybe the Cheez It Bowl in Orlando, um, we'll see what happens there. Um, but man, Oklahoma. I mean, well, here's the thing for Oklahoma as well. Uh, I mean, you can blame like like the official controversy with a missed field goal but you shouldn't be in that situation uh regardless uh if you if y'all had a defense so um big senior day win for texas tech both teams are already bowl eligible so it's kind of like two similar teams colliding with one another where they didn't have a defense uh uh but there's some somewhat of an offensive presence but texas tech gets it done yeah so Overall in college football, I just want to very quickly try and recap all of the madness that kind of broke out. I mean, Thursday Thanksgiving, you had Mississippi State barely beating uh, Mississippi in the Egg Bowl. You know, Lane Kiffin, um, I think he said some. there was some stuff with the Auburn, you know, coaching search, obviously, that entire time through that week. Uh, I know he said some kind of weird stuff in his postgame press conference, but anyway, you know. North Carolina State barely beats ranked North Carolina in double OT. Cal upsets UCLA. You know, Tulane barely beats Cincinnati. And then you go on to Saturday, you know, in the Big Ten alone. I mean, obviously, you know, Iowa, all they had to do was beat freaking Nebraska and you make the Big Ten championship. They couldn't do it. They couldn't beat freaking Nebraska. So Purdue is going to go to the Big Ten championship and have the honor of getting destroyed by Michigan because Michigan destroyed Ohio state. It was close in the first half, but um, even without Blake Corum, um, you know, thanks to uh, JJ McCarthy, I mean, Michigan just kept breaking out big plays and they ran it up on Ohio state on their home turf, which to beat Ohio state two times in a row is just crazy. 
And um, especially with a uh, running back situation, Blake Corum didn't play too much. You bring in uh, their backup running back, Donovan Edwards, and he also had himself uh, a great day as well. It's been a long time since I could recall seeing Michigan win in Columbus. But, um, uh, man, Ryan Day stock just went completely down. I mean, Ohio State was down by one possession late in that game, uh, and they just completely melt down uh late i mean strap through a few picks i mean his heisman chances went in flames after that performance uh big win for michigan though especially for jim harbaugh i mean last year you finally get over the hump of beating ohio state uh and then you beat them for the second year in a row in columbus i mean that's that i mean that's really impressive michigan should i mean michigan bargaining any any loss to Purdue should be without a doubt the number two team in the playoff rankings yeah definitely I mean I'm not even done breaking down all of these upsets you know South Carolina beats Clemson by one point Spencer Rattler has the game of his life um you know Oregon State comes back to beat Oregon um you know I mean with the Clemson loss the ACC was you know they were basically outside looking in on the college football playoff that officially eliminated any chance of an ACC team getting in um I mean, texas a&m beats lsu so you know we talked about it when you know who we're going to play in the sugar bowl it's not going to be lsu anymore because they could be a, up to a four loss team since they've got to play georgia uh in the sec championship am i missing anything i feel like i covered most of the big upsets the usc beat notre dame oh, yeah, that, yeah usc I'll, beat i'll push notre dame back uh if you want to talk about the group of five two lane uh beat cincinnati and the uh Coaches leaving pretty soon, Bowl. Uh, um, but a big win for the Green Wave. Uh, if, they, if they're able to get it done against UCF, it, it's going to come down to Tulane or UCF uh, to see who's going to be uh, in the New Year's Six spot. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Um, looked early, uh, uh, looked up a little bit early on as well that Georgia Tech could have given Georgia some trouble, but they just had to wake up as well. Uh, so, I mean, that's... That's pretty. I mean, you pretty much nailed down all the upsets. I mean, especially with, uh, with Clemson and Oregon losing, um, with those two teams losing, especially, you could see K State. K State should end up in the top ten uh, on Tuesday with the college football playoff rankings. Yeah, I think they easily could be in the top ten. They're number ten in the coaches poll. They're number thirteen in the AP poll. Not as get not getting as much love in the AP poll. Uh, I've got pulled up here John, everybody, each individual person's vote cuz there is just some absurdities in these polls. I mean, first of all, you've got some people putting K-State at 19. I mean, what are we doing? Have we watched college football? Um, I mean, the one that sticks I was talking to you this before we um started doing this, John Wilner, who of course is a representative of the Pac-12. Um, he he probably didn't watch Michigan Ohio State because he still has Ohio State at three. Oh, and over TCU, even though Ohio State just lost, which is just, I mean, unbelievable. Um, I think somebody made a joke that he he submitted his ballot early so he, he wouldn't have to do it over Thanksgiving or something like that. Um, there are just some crazy ballots for you know some of the people that are allowed to vote. And this is pretty absurd. Um, there were a few people that had Michigan at one over Georgia, which is interesting. Um, I mean, somebody had TCU, Tom Murphy had TCU at two. So he's given the big 12 a lot of love, but definitely some interesting votes uh, in the AP poll. Um, I think we're good to go and move on to some women's basketball, John and some volleyball before we get out of here. Um, 
while we were all spending time with family over Thanksgiving, um, the women's basketball team was in the Virgin Islands, which is definitely not the worst place to be. That's where Brian was on Saturday instead of being at the football game, which is why you had no um, like in-game or you know in-game highlights from other games because he was out. You also had Jasmine Halliburton doing the yeah. pregame coverage for K-State HDTV. Shout out to her. Yeah, she killed it. She did a really great job. But, um, I mean, let's talk. I mean, first of all, that first game against Clemson, I mean, good Lord. Um, wow. Talk, talk about a molly whopping. Um, here, let me pull up. I mean, in the <laughs> they scored nine. Clemson scored nine points in the second half. They scored nine. It was, what was the score? It was 31, or 32-29 at halftime. It was 76 to 38 is the final score. Oh my I mean, God. you had a 30 to four, 30 to four fourth run. quarter, just absolutely unbelievable. I, I don't know how good Clemson is, but I mean, to do that against any team, is just nothing short of absolutely unbelievable. Um, I mean, you had some really great games from Gabby Gregory. We'll obviously talk about her performance against Northern Arizona, which got some national uh, recognition, you know, um, but it was a good. It was a great way to start the tournament. I mean, especially for uh, the third quarter sakes, it's like playing when you're playing two K, uh, NBA two K or something like that. Uh, it's like when you're leaning back and not trying too much in the first half, and then you see the score. Then you have to lean, uh, <laughs> and then you change the difficulty to rookie, and then you. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you have to start taking things more personally. <laughs> so, uh, man, I mean, that was a dominating performance over Clemson, and then the next day. You get Northern Arizona, uh, which well, well, by the way, is what what really disappoints me is that you couldn't do a, a full on bracket, uh, with the Virgin Islands. You just had to do it based on round robin, which I did not like at all. Yeah, I think it's stupid. I mean, like, do they? I didn't even get a seed. Did, did the teams get like a trophy or anything? I don't know if you can. Can you win this tournament if you don't get to like have a tournament and like you know play a bracket and have a championship game and consolation games? It just seems really stupid. Like play, it's a preseason tournament, so make it a freaking tournament, um, which was really stupid. But you know, talking about that Northern Arizona game, I mean, Gabby Gregory, holy cow, thirty-five points, ten rebounds, um, you know. The, she got to the line 13 of 16. She's got, I know she got national recognition from the NCAA for her performance. Um, I mean, just cannot say enough good things about her. And then, you know, the Glenn twins obviously helping out a lot as well. You know, kind of that big four that we've got have really been uh, carrying the load um, and helping us out to get a second win here in the tournament. Um, you fall to Arkansas in the third game, but I st- we can talk about that a little bit, but you still, I mean, you still take going two and one in this tournament. Well, in the Northern Arizona game, you also had Jeff Mitty getting ejected in the first quarter. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he, he got ejected in the first quarter, but nonetheless, K-State uh, turned things on offensively late in the game, similar to the, Cle- uh, similar to the Clemson game. Um, the offensive presence came in around the third quarter, fourth quarter, maybe some late in the second quarter as, as well, but. It was a big win for Gabby Gray, uh, Gabby Gregory getting that national meet, uh, national presence, uh, with thirty-five points, ten rebounds. Yeah, you 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 pretty much hit on the docket right there. Um, but the Arkansas game, I mean, similar to the men's basketball team, uh, like the the team was starting to show a little bit of fatigue. The endurance was kind of lacking. I mean, it's it's difficult to play on three consecutive days. But uh, same thing goes uh, with this performance against Arkansas. Yeah, we had a. 
I was talking yeah. about it before the show. We had a bit of an old friend alert. Um, Chrissy Carr, who you might remember from the 2020 team, uh, was kind of our best player, I think, on that team at the time. Um, mm-hmm. alongside Ayoka Lee was actually plays for Arkansas now, and she was their leading scorer with 18 points, and she shot it really well, seven to twelve from the field. Um, K State, on the other hand, I mean, not so much. I mean, Gabby Gregory, I think she laid it all out on the line those first two games because, you know, she only played 20 minutes. I think she was just gassed. I mean, one of 10, one of six from the three-point line, um, only had five points. And obviously, when your leading scorer is struggling that hard, it's going to be tough to win any game. Um, and you shoot 27% from the the field. That's just not a, you know, a recipe for success. Um, you know, the leading scorer is Jalen Glenn with 14 points, but she didn't, I mean, she shot under 30, you know, under 30% from the field. So I, I don't know. I don't know if, if you can take away too much from this game. I think we were just kind of gassed and you just kind of, you know, take it as it is. And, you know, we get a ton of time off um, and we play Houston on Sunday where we can kind of, you know, get back, get re, you know, assessed back in Kansas and get ready for some basketball at Bramlage Coliseum. That's right, and especially with the next game, you get Houston uh, on the following uh, next on Sunday. Um, you get a get a little bit of a glimpse of what the future Big Twelve could expect as well. So, um, should be interesting. I mean, it's the day right after all the chaos uh, erupts for men's basketball and football. Uh, so yeah, another way to uh, uh, wrap up the the weekend. So, um. Don't really know what Houston will bring out uh, onto the court. I'll 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 look at more into it uh, uh, before the show on Friday. But um, I it, I think it's a cool opportunity, especially when you, especially when you know it's going to be a future conference matchup. You're going to play this team a little more annually as well. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I think you got to cre- credit Jeff Mitty for bringing in some competition for the non-con schedule playing Mm -hmm. a team like Iowa, you know, and upsetting them when they're the fourth best team in the country, beating a Wisconsin, you know, in a, you know, where they're playing on a baseball field, you know, getting the opportunity to do that, you know, playing Clemson and Arkansas and the paradise jam, you're playing Houston um, at home. And then you've got some, you know, there's kind of some cupcakes here. Let's just be honest before you start conference play, but, you know, getting to do stuff like that is really great experience, especially when you've got, you know, a strong sophomore class that's starting to get more experience and um, coming together as a team. Um, so yeah, we'll definitely preview the Houston game a lot more on our live show on Friday. Um, let's touch on some uh, volleyball before we get out of here. Um, obviously they got swept by Baylor on Saturday, but that was kind of, you know, that's kind of news that's been shadowed now that um, Susie Fritz and K-State have parted ways. Um, you know, Susie Fritz has been with K-State since 2001. Um, she's been with K-State for a long time. Um, you know, kind of struggled this year. You make the tournament last year, losing the first round. Um, obviously, I know this is kind of personal for you, John, since your dad was the associate head coach. But um, you know, if you just kind of want to talk about, um, you know, what everything that Susie Fritz has done for this volleyball program. Well, so both Susie and, and my dad, Jeff Grove, the associate, the associate head coach, uh, they got they started in 1997 uh, under. What was previously at the time head coach Jim Mc, Jim uh, Jim McLaughlin. I I don't know if I'm saying his name right. Uh, it's been a while, but um, spent three spent the third first three years uh as the two assistants. Um, and then uh Jim went to take over uh Washington as their as as their next head coach. Uh, meanwhile, um, 
took the meanwhile my dad took a few years off as well Susie um as uh as well and then um let me think a few years later uh my dad got the call asking if he wanted to start coaching again in 2002 and uh he he uh he came back Susie uh came in in 2001 um and since then I mean there was a lot of success um big 12 championship in 2003 I mean that was really early uh, in their career as well um and then on top of that a lot of success in the uh with postseason play you get into the NCAA tournament 17 times uh including 13 as the head coach I mean that's some very incredible stuff and then um on top of that um, while she, while you may not, while we may not get the opportunity to uh, coach in the new arena, um, they're the one. Uh, they, uh, well, Susie in particular was really the one who's laid out the foundation uh, for the new volleyball arena, which will be coming in next year as well. But um, uh, nonetheless, um, it, it it's disappointing. Um, uh, just like from a family perspective, we wanted we want to have what's best. Um, just from a family standpoint, financially, but uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's and this goes around for a lot of co- coaching decisions as well. Um, I mean, it's just a part of a business. If you're not able to uh, live up, uh, uh, rack up any more wins, uh, n- n- failing to meet some of the expectations, um, you're not going to get as much support than you than you uh, than you have uh when you first take the job and um i i guess um that that kind of that kind of soon to uh take effect into k-state uh within the next <clears throat> five years um uh, of course k-state hosted the ncaa tournament in 2016 but since then it, it's been a little bit of a struggle uh like three out of the next six years you finish like uh really close to last in the big 12 uh barely missed out on the ncaa tournament in 2018 uh and then 2020 you case they would have been a tournament team in 2020 but but covid uh shrinked the tournament field to 48 at the year and then uh 2021 you may you did make the tournament which um was really good but the only problem uh which kind of which kind of felt things back a little bit was the loss to Florida state uh, in three sets of men. Uh, you're just not able to deliver this year. And I guess another problem was there was just not a whole lot of uh, connections. I mean, especially in this day and age in college sports, uh, it's getting a little more difficult uh, as time moves on to, uh, I mean, you, to get the best from your players, that's not necessarily the problem. It's, more of a communication towards the players, especially with them making NIL deals. Um, it's, it's, it's a rapidly changing, uh, rapidly changing environment uh, that we're trying to adapt to. And while I do, while I will say that Susie and Jeff Grove uh, did a great job at handling some of that. I mean, it just didn't really pan out at the end. I'm not going to get into the specific details about that. Um, but you know, um, just kind of wrapping things up, um, let me try and put this the best way possible. Uh, co- uh coaches and assist, assist, assistant coaches, man, I, geez, I'm trying to get things together, but, um, uh, the coach coaches are just been, a, uh, are lucky enough to have three to, I mean, five to 10 years 
uh, at a certain school, but to have 22 years uh, leading K-State, I mean, that's, I mean, that's one heck of a career and especially with a lot of success. I mean, we've had a lot of great memories. Um, uh, I, I always recall the 2011 NCAA tournament win over number two, Nebraska and Lincoln. Um, that was probably the best win in program history that I was able to uh, be a part of going up there to Lincoln. Uh, there was a lot of emotion overwhelming that day. Um, you also got the KU game. I can't remember that. The KU game might have been 2018 as well. Um, but we were 0-6 in conference play. KU was 6-0. and uh, Ranked in the top 25. And we beat them for the first time in a few years. And uh, like, like again, a, no, a lot of emotions overwhelming there. I mean, you also had um the Big 12 championship in which I was not able to remember because I was uh only a baby, but um, uh, I'm sure they, I'm sure the the coaches weren't getting up, weren't sleeping at all about those nights. Um, but you know, I mean, we'll see what K State's able to do. Uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a lot. It's gonna be really different seeing, uh a coach not named Susie Fritz on the sideline, but um, I hope this, I hope this program is in good hands. And especially for the, um, especially for a program that's been struggling throughout the past few years, I'm hoping, well, actually, let me put it this way. Um, the trends that we're starting to see with some of these teams so, with the likes of Louisville, Georgia Tech, Mississippi State, um, they have not been really known as the powerhouses in college volleyball but they bring in some of the younger coaches and they're starting to get into more NCAA tournament appearances. Uh, and the at Louisville, especially they got into two, two uh, final fours in two consecutive years with their new head coach as well. So um, a national search is going to begin immediately. Um, we'll see what happens. I do. I am kind of intrigued to see, um, uh, what the perspective is on Don Sullivan, the UNLV head coach, uh, former K-State player. She has the running Rebels rolling uh, in the Mountain West. Uh, we'll see what happens there. But, uh, I mean, I, I mean, my, my, from my dad, um, I guess I can kind of uh, voice it, uh, voice it over uh, for his sakes. I mean, it's disappointing, but we couldn't be more grateful to be uh, at, at Kansas State uh, for a, throughout so many years i mean it's it's a blessing i mean i mean maybe a little bit of dissatisfaction maybe a little bit of a dissatisfying ending i don't know if that was the best way to put it but i mean a little more satisfying with the, with how long we've been here um don't know what's what's in store for uh for our family next um we're gonna try and do our best to stick around here as as we can um um, but nonetheless, uh, you'll see me still decked down in purple, uh, <laughs> still working out for K State HGTV. Um, we're gonna do our part, uh, as a family, getting through it day by day and see how everything everything goes. Man, I man, that's a lot. that's like an essay I was trying to say. I I don't know. I don't know. You spoke from the heart. I mean, you know, coaching is a job with a lot of turnover. Um, you know it's a job where you're kind of in a very public sphere and you're being judged by a lot of people who, you know, you probably don't even know. And, you know, it can be, you know, you may only stay at a place for a couple of years and it can all be great, but to get to stay at a place for 22 years um, and make a really big impact, I think it's really meaningful. Um, I think um, 
you know, the the parting ways with Susie Fritz. I don't think there's any animosity there. Um, you know, she's done a lot of great things for the program. She goes out as the winningest um, head coach in K-State volleyball history, and it's not particularly close. I mean, the oh. next coast is Scott Nelson with 168 wins, um, and he had a sub-500 um, record as well. She is one of the best. I mean, a 600 winning percentage is really solid. You know, a lot of the other coaches in K-State volleyball that have good winning percentages only coach for, you know, three or four years. But to have a 600 winning percentage over 22 years is nothing short of impressive. Um, There's a lot of change with this volleyball program now with the new arena. And now they're on the hunt for a new coach as well. So it'll be interesting to see where they go with that. But um, thank you for sharing your thoughts on that, John. Obviously, you know, that's you're very that hits very close to home for you. So um, so it's probably about time we go ahead and get out of here. It's getting a little late for us, but um, make sure to follow us on Twitter. Shake and Blake 75. Leave a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we'll be back Friday having a ton of fun to preview TCU and our rematch in the Big 12 championship. Um, we'll do men's basketball against Wichita State, women's basketball against uh, Houston as well. Um, tons of stuff going on there. We'll see, you know, maybe some madness will break out in the college football playoff. So uh, until next time, cats by 90. Cats by 90. Emo. Emo.